Second Amendment Radio in the great outdoors is sponsored by Intervine. Get the best camping lanterns, flashlights, and more at Intervine.com. of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. And my partner, Bo Matthews. Bo. Present. Yes. How's it going, my friend? I'm good. How are you, man? Doing good. Doing good. We got to continue this uh, cameo discussion. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that in the podcast exclusive today. (laughs) Carl and I are trying to convince Bo to start a uh, cameo account. So people can hire Bo to say anything, greeting videos in that deep Bo Matthews voice, the dulcet tones. Dance monkey, yes. dance monkey, dance, <laughs> dance. And for a hundred no, bucks and, a piece, yeah. What's crazy is uh, so when I found Cameo, and a lot of people may not know what it is, but Cameo.com is a, is a website with uh, A, B, C, D, F, uh, E, F, uh, list uh, uh, celebrities, <laughs> and you can get them. You can get Andrew Dice Clay to do a personal message for you. Now it's going to cost you. But it's it's just so funny that yeah. these you know has beens if you will uh, Debbie Gibson's on there and she sings a little bit to you uh, Frenchie from Greece mm. Didi Khan Didi Khan she's and, and it's adorable she's like hey it's Didi Khan old Frenchie here from Greece you know it's like wow to be known for one thing and it probably did you guys start this conversation because I walked in off the air in the <laughs> middle of it did you start with the Smokey Robinson is that what started this no. Oh, no. he was just he wasn't down the rabbit hole already. Oh, OK. Well, we'll talk about Smokey a little bit later on. Uh, okay, in the meantime, uh, we know people that are on listeners. It. Yeah. Listeners can go and uh, uh, Google Smokey Robinson's cameo appearance this week that has made such big news. I figured that's oh. why you guys were talking about it. We'll revisit that later, though. Right now, let's start the show because we have this a show is to indeed do. Second Amendment Radio. <laughs> And the great outdoors. We're already three minutes into it. Yes. Joining us on the phone as we get started is our good friend Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory, who starts every show with us. Aaron, how's it going, buddy? Great. How are you guys? I am doing okay. You should also start a cameo. <laughs> you can- Tony. Yes. You're the one with the whole brood that you need to put shoes on. My goodness, you should be doing it. Yeah, nobody's going to hire me to do anything, though. That's the thing. See, you've got the voice. Aaron's got knowledge, actual knowledge. I've got nothing. So <laughs> Don't say that. We need. <laughs> Let's have a little pep talk here, Tony. You are Tony freaking Columbo. Uh, okay. Well, that's all right. That's all <laughs> that right. didn't help, did it? <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, another crazy week, and we have the last few weeks, and I've been getting a lot of positive feedback on this uh we have spent the last few weeks with aaron kind of going through joe biden's website joe biden's uh the biden plan to end our gun violence epidemic all of these policies that he has listed that he wants to put into place uh when he becomes president and so aaron like i said is the man with all the knowledge and so we have been um reading these policies out loud and sort of discussing them here on the show for the last few weeks. And even though we're like three or four weeks into this thing now, 
We're nowhere near the end of this website. I don't know how many more weeks we're going to do this, but I find it very fascinating and very interesting, and I know a lot of listeners do too, because like I said, I have gotten um, a lot of feedback on them. So if it's okay with everyone, I want to continue this do discussion and, uh, and and continue to go down the Biden-Harris website um, and read these policies that they have that they plan on putting in place when when they take over. Um, I want to. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in here that reference things like the gun show loophole, um, or you know, uh, they want to close the the loopholes that that people use to get around the the federal background check system. And some of these terms and some of these things I had never even um, heard of. So here's another one I want to get uh, Aaron's thoughts on real quick. It is. Uh, Close other loopholes in the federal background check system in addition to closing the boyfriend loophole. Do you know what that means, Aaron? What is the boyfriend loophole? I've never even heard of that. Have you? Yeah, I'm thinking they're referring to straw purchases. Okay. Can you explain Uh, that? So, yeah, straw purchases when uh, somebody comes in and buys a firearm with the intent on giving it to someone else. So last week we talked a little bit about, like, if you want to try to, it, like, it's Christmas time, so people buying a, a, a gun for a Christmas present, is that a straw purchase then? So it, that depends. So, okay. like, uh, if I buy my wife a gun or my wife buys me a gun for Christmas, uh, we cohabitate. So everything that I have access to, she has access to. Uh, it's called marital property, right? So I buy a gun and we go through a divorce uh, you know, they're going to appraise what all the guns value at, and then they're going to divide them up equally. And if there's any d- disparity or uh, any difference between them, then, you know, I'm going to have to pay my wife money or she's going to pay me money, right? We're not really going to exchange dollar bills, but it'll be, you know, decided on uh, that when they when they dissolve the marriage. And so uh, we get a lot of that, um, you know, where you get dad or mom coming in buying first rifle or handgun for their son or daughter uh you know grandparents can do this uh you know where they grandfather comes in and gets you know grandson's first rifle um and this is this is a thing right i mean this is guns guns are gifted so really what a the shotgun that i have was my grand was my grandpa's deer hunting shotgun it was one of the one of my most prized possessions that was it was very important to him and it's Bo what I shot with when we went to the Joshua Chamberlain Society event the other day so yeah, yeah I think that yeah. kind of thing happens all the time I know it also happens with handguns and I know that's a whole different story but yeah I, I my the shotgun that I use all the time is my grandpa's old shotgun it's a beautiful gun it's like I said it's one of my favorite possessions on earth um, it's priceless. But I got too. It. What are you going to charge them if they say we want to buy it back? Yeah, but I got what it. What are you going to tell them? Right, I got it gifted to me. It wasn't something that yeah. you know that I went out and purchased. So uh, just right. just so, illustrating that, Aaron. Go ahead. When, when, we're, when we're talking really about like the straw purchase and the, the purest of forms, uh, it's you know I'm going to buy a gun and and give it to uh, you, Tony, because you're not eligible to buy a gun, and really the eligibility isn't even a uh, question. It's me buying it and giving it to you um, and you not doing the background check. That's really a straw purchase. A lot of times when we catch it, it's because uh, the individual is, you know, not 
uh, the individual is really going to get it is is disqualified. So, you know, there are signs. I'm not going to really discuss what those are uh, that indicate to us that it's a straw purchase. And uh, we just refuse the sale, right? Because it is, if we recognize it as a potential straw purchase, we are not to complete the sale. So rule of thumb on there, like ATF says, uh, if I've had a gun in my possession as a dealer, uh, a gun in my possession for less than a year, if I want to give it to somebody else, they have to do a background check. And so that's just a good rule of thumb, you know, that the ATF has come up with for dealers that you should implement too if you're going to be, you know, buying, selling, trading guns, uh, you know, if you had it for less than a year, then you need to come in to Southern Armory and have us do a transfer. We get both parties involved. We run a background check on the new party that's going to be taking the possession of it, uh, et cetera. Now, I recommend it to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're selling a gun uh, to somebody else, get a background check on them. It's just good to show that you were proactive uh, in doing this. So uh, that's basically what I guess they're referring to about the – the boyfriend loopholes, the, the girlfriend is going to go buy the gun uh, for them. Uh, but, I mean, it could be a coworker, it could be a cousin. You know, it could really be anybody doing a straw purchase. Uh, it could be you know, just I'm, I'm, off the street. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Joe Biden uh, gun safety rabbit hole now on the website. Okay. And really the first sentence, I, I don't know if it's true and I don't know how to verify it. It says Joe Biden knows that gun violence is a public health epidemic. Almost 40,000 people die as a result of firearm injuries every year in the United States. Is that is that accurate? I don't even know. No, it's not even close. Right? Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Fake news, fake news. Um, so so I think I think the red flag laws, I think, uh, is what worries me most about what this plan is that he wants to put into place. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Because we, we heard, though, you know, we heard that, Tony, you brought it up a few months ago on this show. And it's really, it could be just a grudge with a neighbor. It could be a grudge with an ex or something like that. And they want to ramp that up as to an opportunity for, you know, somebody that wants to get in your business to call the police, say, they've got too many guns. Yeah, at the you beginning know? of the year, I was we were on this show obsessed with red flag laws. I mean, it was something that we were really trying to get the word out about and make sure people understood what they were and how dangerous they could be. But it's been a while since we've discussed red flags uh, yeah, red flag it, laws. It seems, Can you explain it, those, Aaron, for people that uh, yeah. don't don't know what it is? So actually, I think you could probably go back to like the first year we did this. Uh, I want to say like December maybe was the first first time we discussed this. It's been you know a few years, but this has been an ongoing topic where red flag law uh, kind of popped up after I believe it was the Lakeland shooting. There's all these you know red flags that you know somebody should have called the police and reported him. Uh, as a danger, and then it actually turned out that the the family had done this, but the police were saying that, you know, they couldn't really do anything. There was no laws in the book. And so red flag law now is, you know, hey, I think uh, Joe Blow with those guns is dangerous, and you need to go uh, get his guns, right? Um, And so the police show up. Uh, they, well, they get a they get a warrant. You don't even know this is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Blow is completely clueless. This is going on, and uh, the police go and get a warrant. Right? It's very one sided, and then the cops come and get your guns, and uh, they take them, and then you got to go to court 
and basically prove that uh, you are, uh, you know, not a danger, right? So American uh, judicial, um, you know, the normal the way that our normal way of the judiciary working is you're innocent until proven guilty. Well, this is the complete opposite. You're guilty until you are uh, proving yourself uh, innocent. In this case, you know, not not a danger. Right. So it's it's weird how this is going to work in our society. And there are states that have passed this and uh, right down to, you know, family members having a disagreement politically. And that family member goes, I'm going to teach them a lesson. And then the cops come and uh, shots get fired. People die. And then the family members on TV saying, well, I just want to teach them a lesson. I don't want the cops to kill them. It's like, what did you think was going to happen, mm-hmm. right? You, you you call the police. You have them show up at somebody's house at like 3 or 4 in the morning. He answers the door. They fire on him because it is 3 or 4 in the freaking morning. And, uh, you know, he seizes the police. He puts the gun down. And then when they say, we're here to take all your guns, and he's like, not happening, you know. Um, and then uh, they ended up shooting and killing. This was in West Virginia, I believe, or Maryland. I think it was in New York. I think it was in okay. New York. Yeah, it was, yeah, a, it was a Thanksgiving it was, argument uh, last yeah. year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, can I remind you guys of a conversation that happened in 2013 with President-elect Joe Biden? In a Facebook chat, he said, I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here. Walk out and put that double-barrel shotgun yeah. and fire two blasts outside the house. And that'll, and that'll yeah. take care of everything. He yep. says you don't need an yeah. AR. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah, it doesn't sound like the same guy, does it? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, double double barrel shotgun shooting two blasts in the air is probably a good way to go to jail. Exactly, right? uh, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. You know, you, that's not going to fly. Uh, those are called warning shots. And there was a lady in Florida who gave a warning shot. Yeah, remember that? Convicted of a of a felony and sat in jail for like five or seven years or something ridiculous until the governor finally pardoned her. Yeah, she thought and, she thought I would rather fire a warning shot and not kill somebody or possibly yeah, kill somebody and, yeah. and 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 does and resolve the situation that way. But that was actually not I remember we had a whole long discussion about that. Yeah. That you, you the the warning shot thing is is not something you can do. That's yeah. that's Hollywood. Yeah. There was a there was a business owner out in uh Creve Core uh, if you don't remember, about, oh gosh, five, six years ago, had somebody steal something from his store. He ran out after him and shot in the air and then shot at him and hit a couple of cars. And the the culprits or the, the suspects got away and they ended up crashing on Highway 40 and they were arrested. But uh, that that's like, that's Hollywood. That's Tom Cruise movie. Boom, right. boom, boom in the right. air. What right. the, What is that? Bullets but go anyway. somewhere when you shoot them. <laughs> exactly. Aaron, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. we've got to wrap up the segment here in a moment. But before we do, I want to talk about Southern Armory a little bit. What's happening out at the store? Yeah, I mean, tons of guns coming in, uh, ARs, ammo, a lot of high-capacity magazines. Uh, we even have some uh, arm braces in stock. The DOJ is supposedly going to be releasing a letter uh, declaring those, you know, illegal, like just like the freaking bump stocks. Uh, there's a ton of those out. Uh, that is a, a normal accessory they get sold that has a lot of practical applicability or practical applications. Um, so, you know, we're going to kind of watch and see what happens there. But we do have those in stock as well. 
you can swing by and uh, see us. Special orders are always welcome. And I've uh, got some suppressors coming in. I mean, it's just, you know, right now with the way we've set up our supply chain, things are pretty good. Uh, so come in and see us. Uh, we get a lot of people coming in the shop now going, you've got a lot of guns. We went <laughs> other places and they don't have guns. And mm-hmm. it's like, welcome. You know, we've been <laughs> right. working hard. So, uh, and uh, that, that's it. So come in and see us. Uh, we're located one mile east of 274 at 9901 Watson Road. And you can find us on Facebook at Southern Armory. And then we've got the, the podcast that goes over the news, the Second Amendment News Podcast. And of course, SouthernArmory.com. SouthernArmory.com. That's SouthernArmory.com. And that is the great Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory. Aaron, always appreciate the knowledge and insight, my friend. Uh, We'll talk to you same time next week. All right. Looking forward to it, guys. Yes, absolutely. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with more Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Don't go anywhere. song all right hello <laughs> hello everyone is that Mannheim steamroller no, no it's, it's trans-siberian TSO TSO another so casualty of COVID that song is so cool yeah you're right another casualty of COVID that is correct welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors Tony Colombo here with producer Carl Middleman pew, pew. and my partner Bo Matthews <laughs> In a few minutes, we are going to talk to our friend Tim Shelsvick from Drury Outdoors and the Thinking Woodsman podcast. It is the first ever elk archery season in the state of Missouri right now, which I think is super cool. We had the first ever rifle season for elk in the state of Missouri a few weeks ago. And uh, I want to talk to Tim about that, see how that has been going. Why Um, is that? Because have they migrated elk here? Numbers have finally gotten back to a strong enough number that they w- can do a very limited hunting season. Oh, there was a moratorium. There was a pr- there. Yeah, uh, this is a great conversation for Tim. So, <laughs> so I, I don't want to. Me- well, no, I just don't want to mess it up. All I right. believe that there was a big, uh, like, um, elk were hunted to nearly the point of extinction uh, mm-hmm. about a hundred years ago. I guess for their antlers or so, something. So Teddy obviously. Roosevelt said no more. And so yeah, so but we have done such a great job of rehabilitating the elk population mm-hmm. that we are able to do that. Uh, they're also talking about installing a, a bear season. What in Missouri? Wow. So I wow. wonder if if the success of the elk season and how it went I- I- implementing this new hunting season in the state. If that will have some influence on whether or not they decide to move forward with a bear season, maybe next year or in the wow. coming years. So that is exactly what we are going to All talk right. to Tim Shelsvik about. So uh, it's a tease. It's keep a tease. it here for that. I think that Tim is also going to stick around for the podcast exclusive. He is. Just want to remind folks that we put out two podcasts of this show every week. We put out the show podcast. And that comes out on Friday, so you actually can take the show with you through the weekend before it even airs. And then on Monday, we release the podcast exclusive, which is exactly that. It's an exclusive discussion that you can only get there on the podcast. And we, This week about Cameo. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we stick, <laughs> uh, stick to the script and talk 
about uh, Second Amendment and the great outdoors, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we talk about other things. <laughs> and I know one of the things we're going to talk about this week has nothing to do with the Second Amendment or the great outdoors. Well, it's it could. cameo. It could. Um, but, uh, yeah, but maybe we'll do some more. Um, if you haven't yet, if you're going to download that podcast, make sure you watch that Smokey Robinson video, <laughs> um, which uh, which I thought was started the whole cameo conversation, but it didn't. But that's why cameo has been in the news so much this week. Uh, well, can are, you describe what the Smokey Robinson video is? Because I just have to see it. No, I want you to be completely surprised by it. We'll we'll play it for everybody in the in the podcast this week. So is the audio great or is it the just, audio is, is great? It, the audio but is the, great. The video doesn't have anything to do with it, or what? I mean, the video you don't need the you don't need the video. The audio Carl, Carl, is all you it. need. I'm getting it. He's getting it. He's getting it. So we'll we will we will definitely talk about that. Uh, want to remind folks about my friends out at Bluff City Outdoors in Alton. They are open year round, and uh, if you are going to be doing some cold weather fishing here anytime soon, or you just want to buy some stocking stuffers for a uh, a fisherman uh, in your family, or for you just want to buy some stocking stuffers for yourself, there's no better place to do so than Bluff City Outdoors in Alton, about a mile away from Fast Eddie's over there. Like I said, they are open year-round, and they have you covered for all of your fishing needs. You can learn more at bluffcityoutdoors.com. Uh, I wanted to, while we had a chance here, just to talk amongst ourselves, uh, I wanted to read a couple of news stories, Bo, and just get your reaction to them. Um, okay. So these are Law & Order related stories, both of them. Uh, First, there's a new program in Seattle that gives a pass to first-time criminals and charges taxpayers for their crimes instead of the criminal. Um, So here's an example. Recently, a business uh, was broken into in Seattle. The criminals ransacked the business and stole products from inside of it. since the criminals were being charged with their first felony and it was a nonviolent crime because there was nobody there, they broke in in the middle of the night. So, um, you know, there was no interaction with people. It was considered a nonviolent crime, even though they destroyed this this business and stole a bunch of stuff from it. Uh, these guys are eligible for this new program. This restorative justice program is what they call it, which gives them a chance to not receive jail time, and not be held financially accountable. They, the, the taxpayers, so the victims still need to be paid back somehow, which normally you charge the criminals. You did this much damage. You did this, you know, you owe these people this much money. Instead of retribution. Instead of, exactly. But instead of the retribution being the responsibility, the, the responsibility of the criminal, it will be the responsibility of the taxpayers. So the taxpayers will pay for the crime, not the criminal. And if it's your first time, if it's your first offense, you could probably dodge any jail time. What do you think of that? Well, in 2020, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It, is it? I mean, I we. Dude, what are the? What, we're the, literally what benefiting. We're literally benefiting criminals at this point, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and in this year, we have heard so many things that has just like our jaws fall to the ground. Just the fact that Portland was taken over, Seattle was taken. 
in in America this is happening and you know what this makes perfect sense with with the various lawmakers we have it, it nothing shocks me anymore I, and I say that and something's gonna happen and, and, and I'm gonna be shocked you watch <laughs> well it just it, you can't you can't convince me that that will make things safer and or better by saying, because what they say is, well, it's easier for the victims. The victims uh, many times aren't completely uh, paid back because the criminal doesn't have the ability to do so or whatever. So this way, the, the the victims will get paid back completely and quicker. I understand that, and that, and and if you want to talk about a way to make victims of crime whole faster then i'm listening because i believe that that is something that needs to happen that's how it's supposed to work but it doesn't exactly. I have an, I have but it doesn't idea. need to be it doesn't need to be the full responsibility of the law-abiding taxpayers i so, have an idea yes I'm listening. if you're 25 years old and you live in your mom's basement and you commit this crime your parents should be the ones that are paying the retribution ah. solely because they failed at raising you correctly hmm. to respect other people's property. And so many people should have had a spanking when they were three years old, like I did. And I pretty much walk a legal path. I'm just saying, but there's gotta be some responsibility. It's kind of like in the military. When one person in basic training screws up, the entire platoon has to yeah. do the, the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, we've all seen, we've all seen stripes. We've all seen a uh, full metal jacket when the, 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 uh, you know, your parents don't raise you right. Well, then guess what? Your fellow soldiers are going to straighten your butt out and they're going to do it quickly and effectively. So yeah. if the, if there's some kind of lean that can be put on the house of the house they live in, if it's a parent, I'm saying hmm, that would be my idea. So that's happening in Seattle. But maybe in Minneapolis, they are actually starting to realize that maybe these type of programs are not uh, the way to go. Minneapolis lawmakers are now distancing themselves from the defund the police movement after eight hundred or eight million dollars in budget cuts to the police force has created what more crime. So what? now all these lawmakers Shocker. that put this this policy in place are walking it back and saying that maybe they weren't as uh, that. They didn't support defund or dismantle the police, although there's plenty of record of them uh, saying that they do support those things. But now that crime is on the rise in in that city, um, a lot of these lawmakers are walking it back. So it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, people like Sheriff Marshak and, and others that we've had on this show over, throughout the year have talked about how dangerous it is to put a lot of these um, defund the police programs into place. Right. And now, you know, it's starting to happen. For example, so violent crimes in Minneapolis uh, have risen with uh, over 5,200 violent crimes reported so far this year compared to just about 4,100 uh, logged in the same period in 2019. There have been 78 people murdered in that uh, city this year compared to 45 last year. So the numbers are staggeringly uh, um, increasing in Minneapolis since the defund the police idea has been put forward there. So it's very sad that so many people have had to suffer, but it's exactly what many of us said would happen. So, Reaping you know, what they sowing. Yeah. That's here, a- <laughs> here's the here's the scary part. You know, Hollywood propaganda has been out there for decades and decades, you know, feeding us ideas and we see these things. It just feels like the purge. 
The pur- the idea of the purge is, you know, any crime you want to commit will not be, uh, you will not be charged. It, it sounds just like that. Right. And did here we, it is a reality in some towns. It's we gotta, crazy. We got to go to break, but did we correct this on the air? Or we, did we, only... not, we did not. We did not. According so, to the yeah, CDC. Last segment, we talked about Joe Biden's website saying 40,000 victims of firearms in the last year. And uh, we weren't sure that that number was true. But according to the CDC website in 2017, uh, 39,773 people died from firearm-related injuries in the United States. So it appears that number is correct. Okay. Uh, just wanted right, to thank you for that. Yeah, correct the record there. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, Tim Shelsvik from Jury Outdoors and the Thinking Woodsman podcast joins us. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. And welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. And my partner, Bo Matthews. As I mentioned, uh, we are going to speak with our friend Tim Shelsvik from Drury Outdoors and the Thinking Woodsman podcast in just a moment. And Tim is sticking around for the podcast exclusive this week. So you make sure you check that out. Uh, both podcasts go just about everywhere that you can get podcasts, Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. But uh, I recommend that you check out the Radio.com app for so many reasons. You can stream the station 24-7 on Radio.com. You can rewind live radio on Radio.com. And you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station. Just get the Radio.com app, favorite the radio station, and then you have access to all of it. Uh, I need to correct myself. I mentioned earlier in the program that we were going to talk to Tim about elk season, and I had said that <laughs> the firearm, the first ever firearms season for uh, uh, elk in Missouri was a few weeks ago, and this week was the first ever uh, bow season, archery season for elk in the state. But I, there, that's flipped. Archery season was a few weeks ago. This right now is the firearms season. And uh wanted to get Tim on to talk about that and uh, other things regarding the great outdoors. Of course, anytime we talk about the great outdoors here on the show, it's brought to you by Razorback Armory. They are your full-service firearm shop that strives to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. Think of them for Christmas shopping. They're on Manchester Road just east of 270, and you can find them online at RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them Bo sent you to Razorback Armory. Mm-hmm. And Tim Shelsvik joins us now. Tim, what's going on, dude? Uh, Not a whole lot. How about you guys? I cannot complain. I have so, a question about elk hunting. Yeah, fire away. No, no <laughs> pun intended. So was this, uh, why was there a moratorium on elk hunting 100 years ago? <clears throat> Well, elk um, were hunted pretty much to extinction in Missouri there at the late 1800s. And so there just were no elk uh, to, to hunt. And uh, and the few that were remained were just not a sustainable population. So they shut down hunting. And, uh, and that's, I think, back in 2013 is when this... Uh, reintroduction program started through an uh, uh, effort between Missouri Department of Conservation, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and I think the Tennessee uh, and Kentucky Departments of Conservation. And so that's that's why we're here today. So, Tim, I know it's super limited on the amount of tags anybody can get in the state of Missouri. Uh, we had the archery season for elk a few weeks ago. Um it, it, correct uh, yep. me if I did. Those guys it, got blanked. They, I was going to say I didn't think anybody got one, 
So mm-hmm. far, depending on when you're listening to this, as we record it, there's still a few days left in the firearm season. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it may be over or One just about left. to be over. Um, as we as we record this, how has the firearm season gone? Well, four out of the five guys that had tags have uh, have tagged out. Oh, so cool. that's those are pretty good odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and some of them were were some pretty big ones too. Got one was a six by six, or one was a six by seven, uh, down uh, on public <laughs> land in Shannon County back on the sixteenth. So I guess yesterday, the sixteenth. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was if you're that really one guy, outfit. if you're the guy, the <laughs> one guy left that has an empty tag, how much pressure are you feeling right now? <laughs> Probably quite a bit. Because well, he might have got one. He just said he got his limit. What is right. the limit? One? Yeah, I think there's only yeah. five tags mm-hmm. total. Wow. Yeah, five, five total tags, five individual hunters out of over 19,000 people who registered to in the drawing to try to get one of these yeah. five tags. So each one of those people kicked in 10 bucks. It was 10 bucks just to apply. So that's a good <laughs> chunk of money yeah. to the department of conservation. Just yeah, you know, for, for people that's great. trying. It's yeah. like getting one of those um, cars at an auction where everybody puts in a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, the, so the guy, Bill Clark of Van Buren, Missouri is the guy that has not tagged out yet. <laughs> and he, I'm not doxing this guy because this is all information that's publicly available on the Department of Conservation's (laughs) website. Um, He is the only guy that had a resident landowner tag. So there were four regular tags given and then one resident landowner tag. And this guy is able to hunt his own property. Uh, He is not tagged out yet. So it's interesting. He's hunting private ground, but he's not tagged out yet. Hmm. So since you're the guy, and we, we've got to ask the question, the migratory aspects of these animals moving in, I mean, how, how long have you guys been keeping an eye on it? And when you, you know, when the Missouri Conservation Department said, okay, now we need to do something about it. Well, the elk don't really move a whole lot um, here in our in our climate, uh, they, they do have winter ranges and summer ranges out west when, when you're dealing with elevation. Um but here in Missouri, they they really don't migrate a whole lot. They pretty much stick to where there's food and cover and water, and they've got all that stuff down in the Current River corridor, uh, down wow. in southern Missouri where they initially started stocking them. So they they're not moving a whole lot. But but as as the herd continues to grow, and I don't remember what the herd numbers are exactly, but as the herd continues to grow, you could expect to see them start to inch out of that part of the, the of Missouri and probably move north. Tim. Okay, Tim, real quick. Ahead, uh, so so these animals were moved here from the West? No, they're moved here from uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Oh, okay. I thought you said, well, okay, so you use the word stocking, like I would stock my pond, which I need to do, obviously, but that's another whole nother Oprah. Um, but, heard the so they did move them here. <laughs> they, they, did, they did move them here, though, to yeah. try and multiply. <laughs> Yeah, and I I, I want to say like it was originally a herd of fifty that they brought over from Tennessee and Kentucky, uh, and uh, and they've added a they added a few more, but but most of the elk that we have in Missouri now, as far as I understand, are elk that were born here. That's great. Gotcha. That's okay. great. Yeah, I, I I I'm so glad that this has been so successful, and um, I want to talk to you more. Unfortunately, we're just about out of time on the show. We'll we'll 
pick this back up in the podcast exclusive. But uh, um, I, I want to know it, how successful the Missouri Department of Conservation has considered this season and if they've announced any plans about expanding the elk season into next year. So we'll have that discussion uh, along with the very important cameo discussion that we're going to have in the uh, podcast exclusive. <laughs> Tim, it's so important. Yeah, Tim, only about a minute to go. Tell people how they can watch you on the 100% Wild uh, podcast with Drury Outdoors, Thinking Woodsman podcast, all of that good stuff. Uh, so anywhere podcasts are found, you can search for Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast and the Thinking Woodsman show. Find both of my shows there. Uh, the best place to get all of our content, Drury Outdoors, though, is DeerCast. DeerCast.com on your yes. computer or just get the DeerCast app on your smartphone and you got everything at your fingertips. Yeah, absolutely. How much more – is there much more hunting season left this year as far as – Yeah, uh, our archery well, whitetails goes through uh, January 15th. And then small game, I think squirrels close on February 15-ish. Um, so th- there's still a little more hunting people can do. Uh, I mean, you but, can't but just kill squirrels anytime you that, want? That deer cast, yeah. The DeerCast app, if you're going to be hunting, uh, <laughs> is a must. It is an absolutely incredible uh, uh, piece of, uh, I, I guess, an assistance that you can uh, take with you when you are hunting. Make sure that you get that if you're going to be enjoying the great outdoors. The DeerCast app is awesome. All right, we got to wrap up this week's show. We'll be back here next week for another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. For Carl Middleman and Bo Matthews, I'm Tony Colombo. Happy holidays, and we'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. See you, boys.